0: And now, on This Week in History,
1: with Paul Waite. I am Paul Waite, and this is Headmaster Waite. So uh-huh. all of you, driving your cars, sitting at home on your armchairs, cutting the lawn, splashing around. In Mowing them. the lawn. Suppose, Trimming suppose, your bush. I suppose, <laughs> <laughs> if you're splashing around, you'll probably find it quite hard to listen to me. <laughs> but anyway, you pay attention, you might learn something. So we have, on This Week in History, and these are events on various days that lead up to the 27th of June. Ha uh-huh. Yes. So uh, the first one was picked uh, out of mine and Callum's love for the Vikings and also the Last Kingdom. Hmm. So in 843, the Vikings destroyed Nantes.
0: Nantes. Nantes.
1: Yes, in northern France, obviously. Nantes. Yes, naughty the Viking goes.
0: Francia. Was that (laughs) try not to be Mm.
1: quite so uh, odd? Um, (laughs) So next we have uh, it's an interesting one. This. So um, I think this is obviously disputed, and Callum will tell me why it's disputed because uh, he he will know the answer to this. Um, in 930, the world's oldest parliament was established in Iceland. Mm. So why do you think I dispute that? Because
0: the Tinwold in the Isle of Man is the oldest parliament in the world, I think you'll find.
1: No, actually, nobody knows, is the, is the actual answer. Do you know what I think mm. the actual answer is? No.
0: I think that the Tinwold is the oldest continual parliament. I think the Icelandic parliament was maybe slightly earlier but at some, went through stages of being disbanded so to speak mm. so although it might claim to be the oldest it's not the oldest continual one mm-hmm. whereas what's amazing about the tinwald is that ever since it was established as
1: reigned supreme on the island well all i can say is i did bother to research this so mm-hmm. i could and and actually that's not i couldn't find that as being true so basically um all all that historians know for sure is the tinwald was definitely there in 1200 mm hmm uh the manx themselves claim it to be older than the icelandic parliament but i couldn't find anything conclusively uh, i trust the manx uh, and of course mm. uh the tinwald itself uh, is a is a viking word uh and it was the vikings who founded the tinwald themselves how have i been to tinwald several, several times, times i'd say yeah i've probably been four times in fact i was talking mm. about um i was talking to i had a meeting uh, last week with a guy who does a lot of cycling and he was uh, amazed at my achievement with the John O'Groats thing. And I was mm. telling him about the time we met the Manx cycling team, you know, Cav- oh, yeah. Cavendish and all the Commonwealth cyclists. And they were basically saying that they couldn't believe that someone could cycle. Yeah. Yeah, they used to cycling the peloton, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's, that was... Um, well, I think
0: it's really cool about that tin world. So just before we continue, compared to, say, like the British bar, whatever is in the Tinwall building, they have like a massive broadsword on the table <laughs> in between. Oh, yeah. At the beginning cool. of every single tin World sort of, whatever you want to say, like meeting, you mm-hmm. know, when they all get together and discuss
1: um, whatever, they all have to like raise it and be like, oh, which wow, I just think is so like, cool. that's like Game of Thrones, isn't mm. it? <laughs> so in 1314, the Battle of Bannockburn and the Scottish regained independence. Mm. Uh, so I think this uh, would probably have been uh, from Edward II, I'm guessing. Who was the uh, bad
0: Edward, wasn't he?
1: Well, it depends on your point of view. So uh, the good Edward, therefore, in Cullum's speak, is first and third. the hammer of the Scots, Edward the I, um, uh, who was a very not very nice man, very ruthless man. But a very good king. Edward II was a very weak man by comparison. Um, so th- the thing most uh, interesting about Bannockburn, from my point of view, is I've been there. So I think I was only about 10 years old when I first went to Bannockburn. I'd like to go to Bannockburn. Um, I've been to all the. I've been to Flodden, Bannockburn, Culloden... Um, and sterling castle dundling all, all the castles mm. in scotland really really interesting mm. um, next we to a fascinating story in 1483 uh, the duke of gloucester richard iii um, became the king after par- the parliament declares edward v illegitimate now um, this has to be one of the worst you know obviously one has to um, understand that uh, standards were very different in 1483, mm. but I just find the whole thing about Richard the Third, you know, effectively the betrayal of his brother's children. Um, so you know, opportunistically engineered a situation where uh, effectively his his nephew uh, he declared him to be illegitimate, um, which was ridiculous if you look at the evidence. Um, and then, of course, uh, the two princes in the Tower, as they're called, um, were never were never seen again. Uh, Richard III has gone down in history, obviously, with Shakespeare as this hunchback, my horse, my horse, my killing for a horse, and <laughs> is, is very much portrayed by Shakespeare as the man that killed the princes. <laughs> Although uh, there, there is actually no conclusive evidence to show uh, that he did or he didn't. So, um, of course, mm. um, his his day in the sun didn't last very long. No. Uh, two years later, uh, we had um, the Battle of Bosworth Field. Where Henry the Seventh, Henry Tudor, uh, effectively representing the Lancastrians, um, defeated um, Richard. Um, something, the victory that was possibly really only possible because of the um, treasonous or traitorous behaviour of the Percy family, mm. uh, who came from the northeast, who were sitting basically as the, I think, the cavalry behind uh, Richard the Third, and then when the heat came on, they basically all rode off the battlefield and left uh richard um and actually as a welshman who was who was actually considered to have slain him oh, really uh, i did actually know his name once but um that's interesting isn't it 1498 the yeah, toothbrush was invented in china by colgate <laughs> <laughs> i was actually <laughs> hoping that drew was going to say really then uh, he's you know. becoming wise to your tricks sir okay uh, we've actually managed to go over 6 minutes i can't believe it uh, 1535 cardinal john fisher is beheaded at tower hill um, one thing, I always am massively impressed by people who are prepared to make the final sacrifice because of their beliefs. Mm. So basically, uh, Cardinal John Fisher, um, I think he was the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time or something like that, um, he, so basically Henry said, like, I'm, I'm the head of the church now, and Fisher said, no, you're not the popers. Mm. And Henry said, no, I am. And Fisher said, no, the popers. And he said, you keep saying that, you're going to end up being dead. Mm-hmm. And Fisher said, no, the Pope's the, head of the So church. this is more reason yeah. why
0: why you are like Henry VIII, see? More and more evidence of why you're like Henry VIII. What's that supposed to be? Because I could imagine you saying something the same. I'm ahead head of the church now, and then someone going, "Paul, no, I'm not." And you're like, I'll, "I'll give you one more chance, right?" I'm the head of the church now, and then he said it. Sorry, mate, you're hung, drawn, and quartered. Okay, fair enough. Cardinal, we'll come back to that, in a minute. Cardinal
1: John. So this is a beautiful, beautiful song by Evanescence, and "My Immortal."
0: On this week in history.
1: Yeah, Callum has just been telling me and Drew why I'm like Henry VIII. uh, (laughs) uh, I couldn't possibly repeat it, so P45 is not in the post. Um, (laughs) The only thing I will say um, about that is my my father used to call me Henry VIII very playfully because... um, of my love of chicken, <laughs> uh, so I was often found after <laughs> a roast dinner <laughs> going out into the kitchen yeah. and attacking whatever was left. So, there, Hen- yeah,
0: Henry VIII was known for like eating like three or four chickens a day, Whoa. and like yeah, when like my old man was like, notorious, he would just eat loads and loads Used of chicken, chicken. chicken no, when he was younger.
1: You, yeah, thank you, mate. So um, heading on, seventeen hundred and forty-three, uh, the War of the Austrian Succession and the Battle of Dettingen. Um, I actually didn't know this. So this was the last time that King of England led his troops into battle. Uh, oh, really? 1743, George the uh, Second. So quite, and of course we won as well, so it's even better. Hey. Um, 1746, a lady who's gone down in history, um, and one of these two boys will surely be wise enough to tell me what song is written after her. Flora Macdonald helped Bonnie Prince Charlie escape. Flora, speed bonnie boy
0: like a board on a wing over the hill sea? it's
1: sky the sea to sky sea to sky she rode him she rode him uh she took him away in a boat i actually quite like that that song yeah mm. it's good outlander song. 1806 very interesting yeah, yeah, fact yeah. this Buenos Aires was captured by the British. Yeah, ah, Argentina! Yeah. yeah, so um, Argentina obviously <laughs> founded by the Spanish. Uh, the British delighted in causing mischief in all the Spanish colonies, mm. etc. Um, but uh, one of the things is quite sad because obviously we don't, because of the Falklands War. Although it's a, an improving situation, um, Britain actually was responsible for the development of Argentina. Certainly after its independence, and we were singularly responsible for the building of all of their railway network. I was say I, the train I, You're I happen, welcome, Argentina. I happen to know that. 1857, the first 62 recipients of uh, are, 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 are being awarded the Victoria Cross. So mm. Victoria Cross was only invented in 1862. Mm. And, of course, you know, Callum, what the Victoria the, the Crosses are made out of. Silver. Um, aren't they like the melted
0: cannons of um, the French and the Spanish?
1: They're the, the, the cannons of the Crimean War. The
0: Crimean War, yeah. sorry, yeah. So it would be the Russians.
1: Mm. Yes, yeah, so I, I bet you, you didn't know who the war was between Crimean War. Or China. Um,
0: the Ottoman Empire and the British Empire and the
1: Russians, essentially, isn't it? Russians were on the side of the Turks.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: It's us and France against Russia and Turkey. That's what I meant, yeah. yeah. So the Ottoman Empire
0: <laughs> and Russia against Britain. So this is from. this is
1: obviously where Florence Nightingale became uh, a legend mm-hmm. um, in the um, hospitals of Scutari. Mm. Yeah, mm. and as we mentioned
0: before, isn't the uh, Crimean War was the war where the Victoria Cross first got given out, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, something um, I know quite a lot about and uh, is, a, is an interesting character, not in a good way. 1876, Custer's last stand. Mm, General Custer. George George Custer. A uh, very flamboyant guy with um, hair as long as Callum's And a beard. Uh, and a beard, yeah. Golden beard. The um, US 7th Cavalry was wiped out by a combination of Sioux and Cheyenne forces, uh, headed by Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull. Um, Great names. Well, yeah, just legends. Uh okay, huge so Huge um, defender of uh, native Red Indian rights and respect of the histories and things that the American settlers and governments did to them was just shocking, and and still is today. Um, one of the things I'm yeah. quite surprised at is, is my parents are are also quite interested in the sort of atrocity thing. Mom, well, they love the Wild West. Don't my mum was telling me about a story she read about something that's only just materialised in the last year What's that like? of a a, 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 a a village of Red Indians having been given uh, lots of reparations, you know, mm. and, and then. Uh, Apparently, they were silently all killed, uh, which has just come out as a story. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, so, making good progress now, uh, catching up the deficit. Um, in 1887, it was Queen Victoria's Golden Jubilee. So, Queen Victoria became the... I think we did this last week. Queen mm. Victoria became the Queen of England in 1837, succeeding her uncle, William the Fourth, who had lots of mistresses but no children. Mm. Uh, after a very bad start to her reign, where, as I was telling you, Callum... Numerous assassination attempts were made against her life. Uh, She did become uh, a fairly um, respected, I suppose. I'm not sure you could actually use the word loved. I'm not sure you could use that. Reigned Um,
0: until 1901, didn't Didn't didn't, um, Elizabeth II, only like a couple of years ago,
1: overtake her as the longest reigning monarch of all time? Mm. Mm. I think we're going to do one final fact before we head off for another track, which is the immortal Andy Williams. Lovely song, Can't Get Used to Losing You. Uh, in 1917, uh, a guy called Venizelos uh, became the Prime Minister of Greece uh, and severed the relationship with the central powers. So I didn't actually know this. So from 1914 to 17, Greece fought on the side of the Germans, mm. um, which is probably to do with their positioning in the Balkans, mm-hmm. and probably that was more to do with them being anti-Serbian. Although it does rot. Perhaps they were... Maybe they were... Um, I don't know, I have to look into this. Maybe they still had some ties with the Ottoman Empire, and that's why they had to do it. But anyway, mm. in 1917, along came Ve- uh, Venizelos and he said, no, no. And from then on, the Greeks fought on the side of the Brits. We
0: t- traditionally get on very well, don't we, with the Greeks? Oh, very, very, very much so. And i so, really
1: felt that when I go to Greece, as well. Yeah, they feel the same about you, mate. So Andy Williams. Bringing you the news of old on This Week in History with Paul Wait. Welcome back to the final installment of On This Week in History. This week, so over we go. So we're going to hit off in 1941. And In 1941, we have to facts in 1941, actually. Finland declares war on the Soviet Union. Ah. Uh, so, um, uh, this was, um... And I suppose that's why, to some extent, the Finns were on the same side as the Germans, because uh, it was impossible not to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, they're probably the only country, I forgive, for being on the side well, of maybe. the Germans. Um, so you have to say, um... You know, as a student of history and, 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 and military and battles and things, and strategy, uh, I think the the Finns' uh, achievement in the, in the time they fought against the Russians would be right up there in the... Um, I, you, I think you'd compare it with um, Battle of Marathon, for instance, you know. I
0: think I read some statistics that they were something like their tanks were outnumbered, like, 100 to 1, mm. and their force, their, like, man for man, they were outnumbered something like 1,000 to 1.
1: Crazy. I, don't, I, I think thousand one sounds a lot, but it was it was a lot. It was something, yeah. Was I can't,
0: that, those aren't exact, obviously, but it was like a ridiculous statistic. Probably the best,
1: the best um, fighters in a Arctic, you know, snowy type situation. Won't find better in the tundra uh, in yeah. the world. So they um, they did uh, they did end up not losing but not winning, uh, and they had to give away. I think it's Karelia uh, mm. that Finland lost to the Soviet Union as a result of that war. 1941, uh, which which led to this to some extent, uh, we have Operation Barbarossa, where the Germans invaded the Soviet Union. So, of course, uh, one of the reasons why I, I find it very difficult to, to sort of take the, the, the Russians too seriously as our allies is obviously they, they only became our allies because uh, the country they were fighting with, being the Germans, um, invaded them. Yeah, sure. Um, so Hitler, as we've discussed many times... Hitler repeated the mistake that Napoleon Bonaparte made. Um, so uh, if you think about the position of the Germans at this point in time, uh, they've basically run riot through Europe. They're in charge of uh, Norway, Belgium, Holland, France, uh, Poland, Czech Republic. Um, obviously, Austria has become part of Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they basically are preeminent. The Italians are on their side. Mm-hmm. Spain is neutral. As is Portugal, I think, um, and of course uh, they they thought they would, you know, they thought that we wouldn't fight them really, that we had no real stomach for the fight. Uh, of course, this led to the Battle of Britain, and that led really to a position where the Germans were unable to invade us. Yeah. Um, now you know uh, th- th- it's got to be, you know, it's very easy with hindsight, everything's easy with hindsight. So the decision to invade the Soviet Union has got to be probably the worst looking back of ever mm-hmm. biggest and of military course, blunder you know for for a period of time quite a long period of time um it was incredibly successful very much like napoleon so um, it's a winter setting you know uh, they basically uh, they were complacent they didn't march into uh, the soviet union with the right clothes with the right weapons, the right support, the right everything—was
0: it Stalingrad yeah. or Leningrad? Stalingrad, where was, yeah. Yeah, they basically like just lost. Like, was it like over a million oh, troops? Wasn't the it Germans lost like just, over a million
1: troops? Yeah, and of course. What happened afterwards? You know, the Russians probably the worst people in the time to be to kept to be kept a prisoner by. Oh yeah. So There we are. Nineteen forty-eight. The, the United Nations Charter was signed by fifty nations. That probably. Uh, maybe you know I may be controversial in saying this um you know when you imagine the horror of the second world war it's just ended uh you just imagine the the hope and the optimism that would have prevailed in the world when mm. the United Nations was formed but I mean what's the point there's no <laughs> yeah. point in having the United Nations really is it all the United Nations does is issue sanctions against People who aren't really a threat, and the people who really are a threat, like North Korea and China. They to get away to with be it.
0: honest, the United Nations is a joke. Let's say let's say it how it is. It is a joke.
1: So, eight, 1957. Uh, this is a funny one. The British, the British Medical Research Council, published a report um, saying there was a direct link between smoking and lung cancer. So it's just, it's just staggering, isn't it? So this is only three years before I was born. Yeah, mad. And and, and I happen to know this for a fact. Right. Through the 30s and 40s, people actually thought that smoking was good for you.
0: Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the comparison made, was that doctors used to say that it would strengthen your lungs the same way that the stress of exercise strengthens your muscles. <laughs> Quite sorry. So, 1976,
1: The Omen premieres in the USA. Oh. Uh, to, uh, the reason I put that in is it is my idea of the best horror film of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no, did he um, Fantastic acting. Uh, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant script. I mm. uh, just, I just love, I just the whole sort of play on taking stuff out of Revelations and bringing it to life in in such a uh, a dynamic way. Wonderful performance from Sam Neil. Um, just, just a great trilogy. I, I, I think I, I'm not sure as Paul of today whether I could actually um, sit down and watch it all again. But on the same note, I've got four four left to do very quickly. Um, in 1982 and i went to i went to this uh, start the premiere of this film when it came out wonderful film uh, blade runner um blade runner which was obviously produced and directed by ridley scott mm. um with um my favorite actor of the time being harrison Ford playing the lead role uh, and, and, and an actor that Callum and i both both love i know in Rudger hauer oh, yeah. uh, who's, a, who's a great dutch actor he played the um so the the sort of Were they baddies, or you could actually argue they were the goodies, um, who were uh, the um, sort of uh, android-y type characters? Mm. Are they called replicants, I think? Yeah, replicants, uh, that's what they're called, yeah. uh, Richard Richard Howard played the head of that. And of course, um, there was was the whole thing about the woman that um, Harrison Ford's character um, fell in love with was probably herself a replicant, but you'll never actually know for sure. I think there's uh, even a rumour that he was himself. No, I don't think... Anyway, and of course it's been remade now, Blade Runner 49 with... Um, I don't think it's... I think it's Gosling, and I, was, mm. I saw the end of it with um, him and... Uh, and anyway, uh, 1991, <laughs> Slovenia and Croatia declared independence from Yugoslavia. And um, next one, very interesting for both um, both of us. 2006, one of my favourite... Um, I can't really call it a planet anymore, although I consider it to be a planet. Um, Pluto's... Um, uh, planets were discovered named nixon hydra mm. uh, so pl- Pluto is um uh, a hugely interesting uh object let's call it that well worth a bit a few hours of research people and finally in 2016 uh, a momentous day in british history the united kingdom voted for brexit that was of this week in history i am outstanding paul and this is Lindsay buckingham Available now on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and at aspenweightradio.com.